Political commentators are saying that there was a constitutional disgrace that happened in Parliament this week. And no, it wasn't the National Party. It was something else. What were the political commentators referring to? We know that there's a pandemic. We know that the governments are having to respond and that's a constantly moving target in terms of how we respond to the various strains that are coming through of COVID-19. And the government's had to introduce legislation along the way, uh, but they've been criticised by probably commentators who generally might be on the government's side in general, but uh, they're actually expressing concern with the process that's being used. And it's a process that we should be concerned about the way it's been uh, driven through roughshod. In fact, what the commentary says is that you know, they say that there's no urgency on bigger issues like climate change and inequality and housing. I would add child abuse, dealing with the high rates of child abuse. There's no urgency on that. But there's urgency on other bits of legislation, like, for example, the COVID-19 bill that was rammed through this week. And the, and the reason that uh, Bryce Edwards, the political commentator, says that there's concern is that the bill will have a huge impact on the rights and lives of the public over summer and potentially into the future, especially determining who can participate and work in other activities. And as such, it deals with some extremely important and fraught aspects of COVID management. Now, look, just to give you an idea of how a law is normally passed in New Zealand, and this is straight from the government website, you can see there that there's a lot of stages for a bill to become law. And on the left-hand side, you'll see that the public is involved in a number of these stages. Um, so there's the introduction, there's the first reading, select committee for public submissions, there's then the second reading, committee stage, and finally, the third reading. And you can see there that the public are involved at various stages, either lobbying or making um, submissions and oral submissions as well. Now, the COVID-19 bill that was rammed through this week, ironically, the minister that introduced it said this. He said, it is quite a significant piece of legislation and it's quite a technical piece of legislation. And so that takes some time to work through. And ironically, Chris Hipkins is the Minister for Open Government. So just to give you an idea of how long a bill would normally take, let's take, for example, the end-of-life choice bill, the euthanasia bill. You'll see there that it was introduced in June 2017. The first reading was in December 2017. The second reading was in June 2019. That's two years after it was introduced. And the final reading wasn't until November 2019. So that's a two and a half year process. Now let's have a look at the COVID bill, the Response Vaccinations Legislation Bill this week. And you will see there that the bill was introduced on the same day as the first reading, the second reading, and the third reading, and the Committee of the Whole House. They all happened on the same day. Now that's a concern when there is no select committee, there's no chance for public input and in fact there's criticisms that a lot of the briefing papers which were given to the government before they introduced this legislation were not made available either. But look, don't, don't accept my concern, listen to what some of the commentators are saying. For example, Andrew Geddes of Otago Law School says a bill that allows the state to say put this in your body or else largely forego social interactions, should be given time for proper scrutiny and debate. Victoria University of Wellington Law Professor Dean Knight says, 
legislative change seriously implicating rights like this needs much more time to breathe, to be interrogated, and for its legitimacy to be built through dialogue. New Zealand Herald political writer Claire Trevitt says, such a process gives the perception of human rights being easily trampled over and will do little to quell the concerns of those worried about the mandates. It also invites legal challenges to the law. And finally, the Chief Human Rights Commissioner, Paul Hunt, who normally would uh, perhaps be on the side of the government, but says that the process is highly problematic, both constitutionally and in terms of the state's human rights and te tiniti o waitangi obligations. So you can see there, in fact, the uh, Human Rights Commissioner said, well, you may not have time to do the select committee, but do it after the law's been passed. Let's have a, you know, post-law select committee to make sure you got it right. But the government wasn't even interested in that. And unfortunately, the government's partner party, the Green Party, uh, well, it seems like lapdogs, and they are simply just rolling over and accepting this being rammed through. Look, nobody questions the fact that we have an emergency and we need to make these responses, but we have known about this emergency for quite a while now. In fact, you know, we're in our 100th and 101st day of lockdown in Auckland. We've had a lot of preparation time and we need to get this right. But it goes back to democracy and how it should work. And the democracy is not perfect, but it is the best system available. And I think this quote from Nelson Mandela sums it up. An educated, enlightened and informed population is one of the surest ways of promoting the health of a democracy. Unfortunately, this week, according to a lot of political commentators, the government has failed at a healthy democracy. And unfortunately, it looks like a little bit more of a dictatorship. And that should concern us all.